everybody, welcome into an exciting new podcast here on the Panthers Woo! Podcast Network. Doug Plagans, Jameson Olive, the Panthers Pipeline, Numero Uno, the Maiden Voyage, <laughs> the debut. Here we are. You know us from Territory Talk, but here we are to happily bring you Panthers Pipeline. Each and every episode, you can expect a conversation with a Panthers prospect, so we'll always have that for you. We'll profile a couple of prospects. Jameson, you want to tell all the folks out there exactly what the plan is here? Well, the plan is a little fluid, because like you said, this is episode numero uno, episode one of Panthers Pipeline. Uh, the reason we wanted to do this is because we've been doing territory talk for, what, 165, years. episodes, three plus years now. Um and we want more prospect coverage, but we didn't think it'd work to just kind of cram it in there. Because, you know, Territory Talk's a weekly Panther show. It's looking at what's going on right here in Sunrise, Florida with the team. Uh, so we thought, you know, the Panthers have so many good prospects. The pipeline's so deep. Uh, we just give them their own show. So that's what we're going to do now. Uh, probably every three to four weeks, we'll put out one of these. Like you said, we'll have an interview with a Panthers prospect uh, running probably 15 to 20 minutes, a bit longer, kind of get a bigger picture. We want fans to know all about these guys before they ever make it, you know, to Sunrise in their first game with the Panthers and we're also each episode going to profile we each pick one guy each episode one prospect that we want to talk about for whatever reason and we're gonna have a lot of episodes of this so we'll get through every guy eventually but each episode you and I'll each pick one guy uh, to kind of throw on the table and kind of dissect their game a little bit now with something all a lot of the folks out there probably want to know I want to know too so on behalf of all the listeners the prospect of the week jingle is it gone forever? No, so that's another reason we wanted to bring this back. People still DM me and ask when we're bringing Prospect of the Week Jameson back to wrote Territory that Talk. And it just hasn't been on Territory Talk for so long because obviously with the season the way it was now and all the leagues messed up and everything like that, we just really kind of stepped away from prospects a little bit. We were still doing articles on FloridaPanthers.com. Cats and Coffee still has a prospect spotlight every Monday. But we want to give prospects more attention. We want to give them you know, more time in the spotlight. Uh, so we thought this would be a great way to do it. Uh, the format's fluid. So so if you're listening right now, right, this this is going to be on the Panthers Podcast Network. So everyone that's already subscribed to Territory Talk, 5-Minute Morning Skate, you get all this together now in your inbox. This is a part of that. It's not going to be separate like around the NHL with Randy Miller and Kitty Gauzes. Shout out to them. Make sure to go and subscribe separately to that show for NHL news right now. But this is a show that it's fluid. We want to hear from fans about what, what you want. What do you want to hear about these prospects? What do you want to hear, you know, in terms of what Doug and I talk about each episode here? Do you want to hear behind-the-scenes stuff, our personal stories with these guys? We'll a little bit of that you want to hear just straight stats maybe we'll do it all but uh whatever you want we'd love to hear your feedback you know always tweet us at jameson coop at doug plagans on twitter uh, after you listen to this first episode and if there's a prospect that you want to hear from specifically that maybe we haven't gotten to yet and of course because this is the first episode we haven't gotten anybody yet so <laughs> if there's somebody you want to hear from if you've got ideas we love the feedback Feel free to send it along. The first featured conversation, the first featured guest here on Panthers Pipeline is going to be with Panthers defense prospect Max Gildon, playing his first year of professional hockey this season. He's been in the American Hockey League with Bakersfield Condors, coming off a career at the University of New Hampshire, and a guy who's shown a lot of progress since he was drafted by the Panthers back in 2017. So great to uh, chat with him. Jameson, shall we dive right in? 
Let's dive right in. One other thing I'll say is at the end of each episode as well, we'll also look at just the general kind of outlook for the team's uh, AHL and ECHL affiliates. Obviously, the affiliation and the AHL is a little different this year because Charlotte uh, isn't playing. The Panthers, you know, have prospects kind of spread out all over, but mainly with the Syracuse Crunch. So we'll look at the Crunch a bit. We'll look at the uh, Swamp Rabbits and the ECHL when we're done with the, the interview and our kind of prospect picks here. Uh, so look forward to that here, you know, later in the episode. Uh, but right now, speaking of Panthers prospects spread out a, a little bit, uh, Max Gildon, like you said, playing for the Bakersfield Condors right now, the only Panthers prospect over there in California. I don't know how he got the luck of the draw, but when they were deciding where to put these guys, he must have raised his hand and said, I wouldn't mind going to California, you know, if you're going to send someone there. Uh, so great to talk to Max Gildon, like you said. Uh, so before we get to, you know, our general prospect talk here and whatnot, let's get right into that interview uh, with Max Gildon right now. All right, well, Max, first things first, how are things in California playing in Bakersfield, and how is it being the Panthers guy on a team with a bunch of Edmonton guys there in Bakersfield? Yeah, it's been nice. Obviously, California weather, you can't complain too much. You know, playing hockey this late into the year, it's getting a little hot here. But, uh, yeah, the team's been awesome. You know, like you said, some Edmonton guys are here, obviously, but – you know, it's just been fun getting to know guys from other organizations. Uh, they welcome me in as kind of one of their own, so it's been it's been real good for me. And Max, this is kind of an unusual start for you. I'm sure when you signed, you thought initially, okay, I'm going to Charlotte, and then that didn't happen. Then okay, maybe Syracuse, and then you end up in Bakersfield. Uh, just how nice is it to feel, you know, settled at this point, really? Yeah, you know, this year, year and a half now has been crazy. I mean, all the way back to when I originally signed, uh, even right before the pandemic, I was to go to Springfield for a couple of weeks at the end of the season. So it's been, you know, like you said, Springfield to Charlotte, where I thought I would go, then Syracuse. I was there for a couple of weeks. So it's nice to finally get settled in a in a good spot like Bakersfield. And when you say that, I mean, you hear California. I'm sure you were pretty excited that that, that was the place you ended up going, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't know too much about California. I'd only been here, you know, a handful of times, only to the LA, LA area. But uh, yeah, get Bakersfield. It's nice. Couple of nice spots to eat. You know, it's a great spot for uh, a team like this. California places to eat, Max. How much In and Out Burger have you had brought to you? Uh, honestly, I haven't had it yet. Uh, there's one near my home in Dallas, so I've had it before, but I haven't had it since I've been here. I just uh, I stick to the Mexican food out here. I found some good spots. Uh, a couple of good, nice barbecue spots. So yeah, it's been it's been good. Well, at least you've experienced it. Uh, but I, it, there there are a ton of great places to eat out there, and as you said, great Mexican food out there, and uh, sampling uh, what Bakersfield has to to offer. So I guess just moving it onto the ice this season, uh, Max. How would you say this uh, this go round in pro hockey has gone for you? This first go round. I know, obviously, some differences and some uniquenesses to this season we can get to that in a moment but just sticking to the the aspect on the ice uh, how would you say things have gone for you you know I think things have gone really well for me uh you know first taste of pro hockey like you said so you know obviously a little nerves running through you know your first game and all that kind of stuff but I feel like I've settled in quite nicely in a in a system that's uh pretty beneficial to my game so I've just been trying to kind of make the most of the opportunity and uh you know play as well as I can and Max, I remember when you went to uh, New Hampshire your first season, you led the team's defensemen in scoring. You made a really smooth transition, mm-hmm. and here you are now in Bakersfield. Last I checked, you were leading the team's defensemen in scoring. Anything you can point to as to why it seems like you adapt so quickly? You know, I think a lot of it has to do with my teammates, you know, at New Hampshire uh, and here as well. The, like, here, some of the older guys have just made it easy for me. You know, getting the puck up to the forwards uh, has always kind of been a strong suit of my game, I, I feel like, so... 
that's just kind of what I've been focusing on, trying to, you know, simplify, uh, move pucks, you know, do all the little things right, and I'll just keep working. And I got to ask, just what's it like being a, a pro now? This is your first season in the AHL. You made the jump. Um, hockey's now a, a job, really, for you. Just what does this feel like? You know, I love it. Uh, you know, I always kind of dreamed of having hockey be my my job and my occupation. So I've loved every minute of it. I uh, can't can't complain whatsoever. What what kind of adult things are you doing now? I'm sure I'm sure all fights. It's probably a still a little collegey. I'm sure you have roommates and things like that. But are there any things you you picked up? Are you doing your taxes now? Anything like that? Is it is it feel like adult living? It kind of does, you know, taking care of rent, you know, <laughs> I, I did this in college, you know, grocery shopping for myself and uh, washing your own clothes, all that stuff I've done before. But yeah, like you said, tax time just kind of came and passed. So that was kind of a new experience <laughs> for me, you know, just the, the kind of day to day little things that, you know, you take for granted when you're uh, a kid a little bit. And Max, you talk about your time playing college hockey. And I remember talking to you right after the Panthers drafted you. And at that point, we were talking about you going to play at New Hampshire. How would you say that your time there playing college hockey helped you both on and off the ice, getting you ready for, for this step in your career? Uh, I, I loved college. I mean, it was a great life experience for me. The hockey is obviously great. The, the conference that we played in Hockey East uh, has a lot of talented players and teams. So just kind of going through that uh, maturity process was uh, great for me. Uh, you know, living on your own, like you said, you have some roommates who you can kind of lean on and stuff. But, yeah, just, you know, having still having to deal with school, taking care of those things, and just kind of using your time wisely, I think, uh, taught me some life lessons that uh, I've taken with me for sure. And, Max, I'm sure a lot of guys don't start their career as freshmen in college thinking, you know, I'm going to be an NHL player. But over time, you know, you develop your skills, you see where you're at. At what point – during your college career, did you think, you know what, like I'm, I actually do have a knack for this. I can make a career out of this and I, I'm going to go for it. You know, I, I don't want to sound too arrogant or anything, but I always <laughs> kind of uh, believed in myself and kind of wanted that for myself. So, uh, you know, I always was working towards that goal with that, with being in the NHL, a steady defenseman, uh, everyday guy was, uh, my end goal. I mean, I don't know. I guess just over time, you kind of look around and you go, "Well, I'm I'm here, right?" So it's uh, it's nice to kind of have that belief in myself. I think uh, helped me out, and that's kind of just what I always wanted. And Max, playing the game with a lot of confidence, like you talk about there, who would you say maybe when you were coming up through the ranks, maybe before you made that step and went to play college hockey, was there somebody along the way that you feel like really made a, an impact on you? Somebody who was really a, an inspiration for you and kind of helped you, I guess, uh, just kind of set forth on this path? Yeah, you know, I've had a lot of uh, coaches, and uh, obviously my family around me has always supported me in everything that I've done and uh, helped me along the way. You know, my mom and my grandparents, uh, my grandpa specifically, has uh, really always been there for me, you know, just always kind of someone to talk to, stuff like that. So uh, just kind of I would say my family in general has been a really big inspiration for me, not only just – instilling the work ethic in me but just kind of making sure that uh you know if i'm having a little bit of a uh, a down week or whatever that they're always still believing in me so that's always nice and max kind of using that as a chance to, to to take things back here a little bit uh obviously you're a kid that grew up in texas i'm sure that i'm sure you grew up in a pretty heavy you know football part of town how did you actually end up you know on the ice playing hockey you know that, that was uh my, my grandpa was doing uh you know he'd pick me and my brother up from daycare and that uh, would just take us to the local ball and uh, put us on the ice. 
and it, we just, me and my brother both just fell in love with it. So it's been, you know, we met our first coach uh, at that rink and then kind of just snowballed from there and hasn't really stopped yet. Was there anything initially about the game? I'm sure you were young, but I think you remember that really kind of excited you. You know, I think, uh, I think the speed of it and also along with the physicality, you know, me and my brother, you know, we typical brothers roughhousing all the time, right? <laughs> so we could kind of get out there and get away with a little bit more than we could inside the house. So I think that was always appealing to us. And uh, just kind of, you know, scoring goals obviously is always a lot of fun, but just kind of that competitive level, uh, competitiveness between us as well is what uh, I think originally drew me towards it. And we, I mean, we get a lot of it in Florida with our homegrown players here, but just how much pride do you take in being a hockey player from Texas? You know, I, I like it a lot. You know, I, I tell people in Texas I, uh, I play hockey, and some of them kind of give me a weird look. <laughs> But, uh, you know, the game's really grown down there, so people are starting to kind of take notice of uh, not just, you know, the NHL and the Dallas Stars, but kind of local players that are coming out of there, such as, like, Blake Coleman and uh, Seth Jones, who are uh, both from Texas, kind of have helped really grow the game as well. And you talk about growing the game, just like the Panthers here in Florida, the Stars do a good job of that over in Texas. Uh, Growing up, were you a Stars fan? Yeah, just all Dallas sports I've always followed. And then on, I got to ask, another. when I think hockey and I think Texas, I do think Mighty Ducks D2, Cowboy Dwayne, just like they had Luis Mendoza there for Florida, they had Cowboy Dwayne uh, for Texas. Yep. Uh, is that is that a role model here's Max and Icon growing up? You know, I always could, uh, me and my brother could always relate to him a little bit more, I feel like, uh, or tried to with the cowboy hat on and stuff like that when we first saw the movie. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's nice to see that... Uh, all, all across the country, you're getting representation uh, in hockey now. Who was, you, would you say, who was the player, real-life player, that you looked <laughs> up to uh, the most when you were growing up that you liked to model your game after? Uh, well, I originally was a forward growing up until I was about uh, 12, I'd say. So, uh, you know, Mike Madonna obviously was a, was a great influence uh, on Dallas hockey for sure. Uh, during my childhood years. So it's, uh, I got to meet him uh, when I was a little bit older, and that was unbelievable. So I, I think uh, I'd credit Mike Madonna to uh, someone who I could look up to when I was you know, a little, a little bit younger. Yeah, going off of that, I mean, he was really the first big star playing for the Stars. He was part of the move to Dallas from Minnesota. He was coming into his own as a superstar, played a great two-way game, and really anything you've ever heard about Mike Madonna, he's that's one of the things that always comes up. Great player, but people always talk about what a good guy he is off the ice. How much do you think his stardom meant to helping grow the game in uh, in Texas? Because obviously he was part of a Stanley Cup champion there in uh, in Dallas back in 1999. But to have that uh, that star player made an impression on you. How much do you think he meant to the uh, the overall growth of hockey down in Texas? You know, I think he I think he really meant a, a lot. Like you said, he was kind of that original superstar for the Dallas Stars uh, along with that move to, from Minnesota. So, yeah, I mean, you know, you can he's probably one of the few hockey players that's uh, recognized still to this day just around Dallas like even regular uh non-hockey people know who Mike Madonna is. So, he was he was a large part of uh growing the game in Dallas. And Max, you you were a Mike Madonna fan. You were playing forward. Uh, what happened? Why'd you make the switch to defense? You know, just uh, one of my coaches thought I might just be a little bit better uh, on the back end. I always uh, felt like I was a strong backward skater, even when I was younger. So uh, just kind of one of those things, you know, a coach su- 
suggested it to me and uh i didn't have really anything to say against it so i was <laughs> like sure i'll give it a shot and uh you know just kept going with it and i think it's worked out pretty well and as you've gone along you know it always they always say that sometimes when you go to when you go to higher levels it can take the defenseman maybe a little bit more time to adjust what would you say when you've gone level to level in your career, going into college hockey, going into pro hockey, what's been the biggest thing you think that uh, as a defenseman that you've had to adjust to as the game's gotten a little bit faster each step? Yeah, you know, obviously keeping up with the speed and, uh, you know, as the game gets faster, these forwards are just getting better and better. So keeping up with guys like that is, uh, you know, it's, it's tough, it's hard work, and uh, I, I look forward to it every year. But, uh, you know, just kind of the skill level, I, I really feel like has just risen so much uh, from even the time that I was younger and remember watching the game to, to now. So just trying to, you know, do all the little things in your own end. But, uh, you know, I also like to add a little bit of offense myself. So just kind of having that two-dimensional game, I think, has uh, not been tough, but it's been, uh, you know, learning how to do that from level to level uh, changes a little bit. Uh, and Max, kind of looking at the family tree here a little bit. Obviously, your brother, uh, Michael, also a hockey player, a little bit younger than you. You guys both went through the USA uh, program there. How much has it helped throughout your career just to have uh, basically another hockey player in your family to kind of you know learn off of, bounce ideas off of, talk to throughout your journey? Yeah, it's been awesome. Uh, he he's a he's a forward, so it's I think maybe even that might be one of the reasons I switched back to defense. <laughs> I always just like kind of playing against him shutting him down a little bit but uh yeah so just kind of beating up on the little brother i guess but no he's a, he's a really good player and uh we both have learned a ton from each other over the years especially just getting out in the summer now and uh being able to work out together and all, all those sorts of things and i remember you and i talked during the pandemic forever ago how much time did you guys spend together working out uh during the pandemic for however long that many months that was you know, for for the start of it, when we both went home, it was, uh, you know, garage workouts and uh, just kind of running around the neighborhood a little bit uh, old school. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we spent a, we spent a ton of time together just uh, trying, trying to get better, trying to get in the best shape that we could. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun kind of getting that quality time uh, with him and, and the whole family together. And now taking it back to the AHL, taking it back to Bakersfield, obviously the Panthers prospects are all a little spread out right now until next season when you're all back in Charlotte together. But do you keep in touch yep. with any other Panthers prospects uh, via text or anything like that? Yeah, you know, uh, some guys like uh, Johnny Ludwig and uh, Chase Prisky, who I got to get to know through this kind of uh, process, who I still talk to, uh, you know, pretty often and uh, just trying to keep up with guys like uh, how they're doing and how they're getting through this kind of crazy time as well and i gotta ask a couple guys that i know you you've been to d camps with and stuff like that over the years are now you know with the panthers uh you know guys like you know denisenko hepaniemi uh, you, you played against spencer knight in college uh, his freshman season how exciting is it to yep. watch these guys that you've come up with here a little bit now suddenly you know making an impact here in the nhl you know it's awesome uh you get to see kind of them grow as well which is pretty cool even uh back to denisenko and uh his first training camp it was it's crazy to see from year to year when, uh, you know, they go back overseas for a year and then they come back the next year and just how much they've grown. And it kind of motivates me to work just as hard or harder to keep up with the guys like that who are, you know, ultra skilled and uh, are clearly making an impact and have a have a future. So I'm just trying to kind of match what they're doing and, uh, you know, trying to be just as good or better than them. 
And the last couple were here for me. Obviously, we talk a lot about hockey, but fans also want to know just about you off the ice, you know, what you're into, things like that. So say you have an off day. Uh, obviously, things are different now, but say you have an off day, you know, how are you spending it? You know, I like to get outside uh, fishing and stuff. Uh, you know, playing other sports has always kind of kept me active. Uh, here, here out in Bakersfield, we got a little uh, basketball court, so guys like to get out there, uh, just kind of get the legs moving a little bit. Uh, if if I'm really tired, yet yeah, fishing is uh, always something that I've kind of just been that's been able to relax me. Uh, you know, just things like that that uh, help me out quite a bit. I feel like. And one thing I always find interesting, kind of, you can find a little bit about uh, a person is: Do you collect anything? Do you have a hobby like that? Is there anything you, you keep around the house? Uh, you know, nothing really too crazy. Uh, when I was younger, I was big into like uh, you know sports cards, like football, baseball, hockey cards. Uh, collect those. I, I think I still have a couple binders full in uh, in my childhood bedroom. But uh, you know, nothing. Over this past year, I've kind of had to move around and travel pretty light, so I haven't been able to take too much stuff with me. But yeah, when I was back home, you know, my dad kind of collected uh, sports cards. So there's, you know, from all different decades, from you, the 70s up up through the 2000s, that we've kind of formed a nice collection of. Uh, again, just as the season uh, goes along here, Max, uh, you know, what kind of have, have you thought? Maybe you look at this season, obviously a unique one, playing with. A lot of guys that uh, that you know you you might not play with uh, again in the future, but at the same time, the hockey world's so small. Have you thought about the fact that you've probably forged uh, some bonds this year with some guys? It's been a unique experience in that regard, making some uh, some friends that I'm sure you're going to have for a long time. Yeah, for sure. Like you said, the hockey world uh, small, and I feel like every level you go, it just gets smaller and smaller, right? So, yeah, it's awesome just to kind of get to know uh, more people and you know forge those uh, relationships with. Uh, teammates that you know i might have just been battling with on the ice uh, if i hadn't met him off off the ice and max last one for me obviously you were here a little bit earlier in the season for training camp uh, but obviously once things get back to normal once we get in the next season how excited are you to get you know back to florida into your next camp here with the panthers you know i'm, I'm really looking forward to it uh obviously the team's doing uh, unbelievable this year they got a really strong team so i'm hoping i can just kind of add to that uh you know give them a uh, give myself the best chance to uh, contribute uh, f- for the Panthers. And just, uh, you know, one last thing here to end on, Max. You, you look at uh, what lies ahead here. Just what are you looking to accomplish the rest of the way? And uh, what uh, what do you hope to, to accomplish here the rest of the season? Yeah, I mean, uh, season's obviously coming down to a close. But uh, this might uh, be some news. But uh, we have uh, – we're the only division doing a, a little bit of a playoff format. Oh. So just – so just trying to finish that off strong and, uh, you know, hopefully win the division and uh, end on a high note. Oh, winning winning is winning. Any <laughs> any, any uh, winning experience you can get is a, a great one. So best of luck the rest of the way in that. Max, we thank you very much for your time here joining us. And, and again, uh, best of luck the rest of the way. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. So great to hear from Max there. Uh, you know, looking at some of the numbers, uh, they're pretty crazy for Max Gildon. I really like his development. I like what we've seen from him over the years. Like you said, uh, former third-round pick of the Panthers, 66th overall, uh, only 22 years old. This is his first pro season. Had three great years at the University of New Hampshire. Uh, in his final season last year there, he paced the Wildcats and ranked 11th in the nation among defensemen with 29 points. That was a career high for him. Uh, and every year he was at New Hampshire, he led their defensemen in scoring. From freshman to sophomore to junior, 
He was the guy. Uh, great on the power play. You see, you saw him improve every season. Uh, I, I always watched as many highlights of him as I could. I loved his work on the blue line. Really patrols and holds the blue line well, especially on the power play. A nice quarterback there. Um, and then this season in Bakersfield, you know what? He did it again. Right now, he leads their defenseman in scoring with 19 points in 28 games. So we, we talked about it in the interview there, but the fact that he seems to adapt to you know a new team and new surroundings every year so quickly, I think bodes well for his future. And you know, going back to the beginning of this season, let's not forget he, he was in training camp with the Panthers for a bit before getting sent to the AHL. Uh, he had a goal and, and a really nice showing in one of their scrimmages. I remember, uh, and I remember Coach Q had some nice things to say. He said he likes how he thinks the game, which among general Coach Q compliments, you know, how he thinks the game, and I like how he thinks the game is one I, I notice he likes to use on some guys, and it's a big compliment. So uh, Max Gildon, you know, just getting his feet wet, like we said, first pro season. Great to chat with him there, but uh, I, I like his trajectory, Doug. Yeah, he's got great size. Uh, he's, a, he's a big guy, and we knew that as soon as the Panthers chose him. He's a six-foot-three-inch defenseman, but to do what he's doing in the American Hockey League, I spent a lot of time around the American Hockey League, and 19 points in 28 games as a first year pro in the AHL that means he's getting good minutes he's he's got a plus 18 on the year which means he's he's been a responsible guy and that's not easy to do those numbers for a first year guy in the American Hockey League a blue liner those are you know that's no joke plain and simple he's he's playing some good hockey there for the Bakersfield Condors and the stats indicated and you see this uh, from time to time you know where there is a team that uh, that has to disperse guys a bit across the NHL and the Panthers and the lightning are sharing the Syracuse crunch this season, but Max Gildon playing for the Bakersfield Condors. That's an Edmonton affiliate in the American hockey league. So Max out there in Bakersfield, we heard it in the conversation. He's uh, you know, he's the, the Panthers guy going in there. A lot of Edmonton guys uh, on that team. And, uh, and he's been able to go in there, form a bond, form some chemistry with them and, and take on some good responsibilities pl- playing for the Condors this season. I remember, my first season in the in the ECHL back in 0809 it was the year before the Texas Stars came to be in the American Hockey League i was with the Idaho Steelheads we were the ECHL affiliate of the of the Dallas Stars and the Stars didn't have an AHL team that year so the Stars had a lot of their prospects dispersed across the American Hockey League and then we had some guys playing for us in Idaho that maybe otherwise would have found themselves in the AHL, but they were playing with us uh, in, in the ECHL. So this is, you know, and then the following year uh, in, in 09-10, Anaheim didn't have an AHL team. There was a, a bit of a transition going on in the AHL. So they had a lot of their players playing for Bakersfield, which was their ECHL team at the time. So this is something that's, that's happened before. Uh, you know, this isn't a, uh, this isn't that rare of an occurrence for a player to be assigned to uh you know, a different team like this. And, and that's the case of Max Gildon, but, Getting back on track here, just you know, just putting it in perspective, this is something that that happens uh, from time to time. Max Gildon playing for Bakersfield, having a really nice season, and what he's doing right now is uh, is something that certainly is is worth taking note of. He's having a really nice season in his first year as a pro. Yeah, and over there in the Pacific Division, Bakersfield right now in second place with a record of 22-12-0-1. The reason there's four there is because they also track overtime losses and shootout losses separately. Uh, so that's 22 wins, 12 losses, zero overtime losses, and one shootout loss. Gildon, obviously, a big part of that record. And like he told us there, they're actually going to have a, a postseason tournament within the Pacific Division. So we'll be seeing on quite a bit more of Max Gildon here in the coming days. So make sure to stay tuned uh, for updates on how he's doing in their little kind of mini playoff tournament. But Doug... 
once again, big shout out to Max Gildon for joining us. The first ever interview here on Panthers Pipeline. We're going to have one each and every episode. So like Doug said, if there's a guy in particular you want us to get to before the others, you know, maybe for the next episode, uh, let us know on Twitter. At right Jameson now, Pete. everyone's fair game. Everyone, We have a lot of phone numbers here. We yes. can bother all these guys. And I'm sure they'd love to hop on the show uh, and chat with us. And it, honestly, if you have questions for them as well, let us know. If there's things Doug and I are missing you want to know about these guys, at Jameson Coop, at Doug Plagans, we'll get right to it. If you have questions for us, we're available. We're, that's more of a territory talk thing, I feel. I feel like people are used to sending us cues Specify on Specify where you'd like to send your <laughs> inquiry to Panthers Pipeline, care of Doug Plagans, Jameson Olive. And also, we will have Katie Gauls here on Panthers Pipeline from time to time as well. Of course, she herself, a USHL veteran, so she spent some time in the pipeline uh, and says she's a lot of good stuff to offer here. Um, but, Doug, now going into, before we get to, you know, ECHL, AHL, you know, standing stuff with the affiliates, it's time for us to each, you know, throw our prospect on the table. There's a lot of prospects to choose from. We're going to each choose one each episode. Uh, I'll let you go first. Who'd you pick this week? Who are we talking about? I chose a goaltender, and it's a position that's, kind of become an embarrassment to riches for the Panthers as far as depth is concerned. Obviously, at the NHL level, we've got Sergei Bobrovsky and Chris Drieger and Spencer Knight here. And then, of course, the the great uh, pick of Devin Levi in last year's draft. The Panthers, we know what Sam Montembeau can do. He's played the National Hockey League. But I want to highlight a 2015 pick, seventh rounder of the Panthers, Ryan Bednard. And this is a guy who's shown a lot of progress Every step of the way. I know. remember going back to development camps when he was playing at Bowling Green. And it seemed like every year he was just really refining his game. And every year that he was going back to Bowling Green, he was having an even better season than the year before. Well, he's gone into the pro levels. This is his second professional season this year. And like he did at Bowling Green, he's improved his stats across the board each season. Last year at the ECHL level, and again, when you're a goaltender too, the, the, the learning curve can be a bit steeper for goaltenders. And a lot of times we see goalies, you know, maybe not enter their prime uh, until a few years later than their forward and defenseman counterparts do. Ryan Bednard last season, a 2.99 goals against average, 9.08 save percentage. This year at the ECHL level, a little bit bigger sample size, 2.46 the uh, goals against average, 9.16 save percentage. At the ECHL level, a 9.16 save percentage, very solid. So uh, he's uh, progressed in the important stat categories at the ECHL level and done the same thing at the American League level. Uh, two games in the American Hockey League this season for Syracuse, a 9.15 save percentage. Yeah, just got rewarded, got called yeah, up lately. Just got the uh, promotion there. But uh, that's what you like to see in a goaltender. He's 24 now, but he's been uh, – increasing, improving his statistics each season. And again, with goaltenders taking a little bit longer to reach their primes in most situations, no reason to think that Ryan Bednard couldn't be on a Chris Drieger type path where, you know, at age 25, 26, takes that next step and that next step as he continues to improve his game. Yeah, I love the strides he's made. I remember his first D camp after the Panthers took him in 2015, and he just gets on the ice and it looks like he's like an adult man playing in kids' pads because he's 6'5", but he looks... Big guy. He yep. looks seven feet. He's a massive guy. Uh, the legs alone look like they're 6'5". He's huge out there, uh, but because of that, he gobbles up a lot of the net. It's hard to get pucks past him. He's also, uh, even for a size, great moving post to post, great getting down uh, to close up the five hole. That's things he's improved upon over the years as he's kind of lear learned to work with that size. Uh, but he's a legend at Bowling Green. I always remember, this is just off the top of my head. I didn't look up this stat, but I remember back in the day... 
talking about it, so I'm not entirely accurate on the years, but it was something like a 20-ish year drought, maybe 18-year drought uh, that Bowling Green had not going to the NCAA tournament, but he got him back in with how good he was there. So uh, he's still a legend on campus there, I'm sure. I remember they call him Bedrock. Great nickname for a goaltender in particular. I'm sure he still goes by Bedrock. We'll have to get him on here and ask him about that. But, Doug, I like the pick. And kind of going off what you were saying there about his trajectory and stuff, one thing to point out here when we talk about prospects, when we say, at least from, I I know you probably feel the same way, when we talk about us liking a guy, we don't mean we like this guy to come in and be the next big thing or be a superstar, because you can't look that far ahead with prospects. Each year is different. you got to reassess after each year. All we can say is we like this guy's current path. We like their trajectory. We like their development. And I think the thing to point to as well, um, when you break it right down, the percentage of players out of each NHL draft that make the National Hockey League, and I'm not talking about becoming a regular, that, that taste the National Hockey League. You know, it's it's not as if every single guy that gets drafted is going to get a taste of the National Hockey League. So when you say a guy, you know, profiles as somebody who down the road could be a contributor, that's a that. You know, that, that means that guy's got a chance to get to the National Hockey League level. And, uh, and again, looking at a guy like uh, Ryan Bednard here, the way his career has gone along, the trajectory he's showing, as Jameson said, he's on a good path, and he's, uh, he's doing all the right things. And Jameson mentioned that last year at Bowling Green. Won 20 games that year. Had a sub-two goals against average. So as a in his final year at Bowling Green, I feel like that's where he really put himself on the map. Of course, he had already been a Panthers draft pick at that point, but that gave him a ton to build on going into his pro career, and he's done a great job since he's uh, made that step. And another reason to like any goaltender right now within the Panther system, of course, the uh, the launch of the goaltending excellence yeah. department here headed by Roberto Luongo. Of course, Getting a you, lot of detail-oriented you know, coaches. You also have Francois Lara now, Rob Tallis, Leo Luongo, so a great group of guys for all these goaltenders to to lean on now. And of course, we've seen what effect that's already had on guys like Spencer Knight and Devin Levi. And I'm sure Bednard's also getting a lot of good stuff from those guys. So uh, the the goaltending pipeline for the Panthers, I don't think it's ever been anywhere close to this good. So uh, so uh, from, from guys all the way from, you know, Spencer Knight and Devin Levi to, you know, guys that have been in the system a little bit longer, like Ryan Bednard, it's looking really promising for all these guys. So uh, stick tap to the organization as a whole there for, you know, creating this pipeline within the pipeline for these goaltenders. But Doug, so for my pick, we didn't even do this intentionally, but I also went back of the draft here uh, for a guy, uh, seventh-round pick in 2018, defenseman Santu Kanunen. And fans, if they follow me on Twitter, know and I've liked Santu for a bit now just because, once, you, like we said, just not. I don't look at Santu and say that guy's a top-pairing defenseman in the NHL five years from now. You, you look at him and say, you know what? Each year I've watched him since then, he's gotten better. And this past year in particular was his biggest stride. And for guys, it's just all about continuing to take that stride that eventually maybe they take enough steps to get to the the NHL uh, to play for the Panthers down the line. Uh, It doesn't happen for everyone. It's very hard to do, like you said. Uh, But right now, I like the path he's on and the steps he's taking. But... Looking back at this uh, season, his third season in Liga, the top professional league over there in Finland, uh, played his first two seasons with Pelicans, uh, now playing for Tapara, which is co-owned or partially owned by Panthers captain Alexander Barkov. So he's getting checks from Sasha. So that's cool to see. I don't know if his na- I don't know if Barky's name is on the check, but I like to pretend it is because that's just a pretty cool connection there. Uh, but 
Uh, this past season, his first with the par, like I said, uh, career high 19 points in 59 games while averaging just over 17 minutes per game. Uh, so a great you know overall season for a guy you know 22 years old in his third season in Liga. But the season before that, he just had one point in 24 games. So a big jump there in terms of you know just overall production, confidence, development. Means uh, he's getting more playing time, more minutes, more responsibility. And as it well. just means he's getting better, which is all you want for these guys year in and year out. So he's definitely getting better, uh, and, and you just love to see that. Uh, recently, uh, you know, this week uh, he lost to uh, Anton Lindell, you know Panthers first round pick from this past season. His HIFK squad, uh, he lost to them in the bronze medal game of the League of Playoffs. But overall, great postseason for uh, Santu Kanunen. Two goals and one assist while averaging over 19 minutes of ice time uh, over nine playoff games. So he got increased responsibility in the playoffs, which means the coaches saw him during the regular season like what they saw and said, you know what, here's even more responsibility. Let's see what he does with it. So uh, a great regular season and even better postseason. Interesting to see where he goes from here. But I like where he's at right now. I like this season. And going back to just general, you know, just Santu Kanun in memories. I'll always remember him because his first D camp, like we said, got drafted in 2018, seventh round, uh, wasn't at the draft because, you know, a lot of guys that are in the seventh round don't expect to get drafted or it's not worth making the trip because you don't know. And of course, coming from Europe, he's from Finland, um, wasn't there. So the first time we saw him was at D camp. And I walked over. You always got to you know talk to the new guys, and you start with the very vanilla. You got your recorder out, and you say, you know, just what was your reaction to getting drafted? And you notice the recorder's on. He's looking at me, and he says, he just lit, lights up, and he says, I couldn't. I'm I'm gonna edit this for radio because this is a, an everyone Panthers pipeline show. He says, I couldn't bleep and believe it. My friend called me and said, Dude, you got bleep and drafted. And I said, No bleep and way. And I and I and the guy said, Bleep, yeah, you have. Go bleep and look at it. So I I looked at it and I said, Bleep, this is amazing. So I'm just sitting there with my recorder, and I'm just like, I can't use any of this, obviously. This does not translate to FloridaPanthers.com print. But it's turned into a great story on the maiden voyage of Panthers Pipeline that, a couple that, years later. I'm saying, I just love I just love the raw emotion there from him. No question. No question. Just so pumped to get drafted. Always has a smile on his face. Um, so big fan of Santu Kanunen. I hope he keeps, you know, making steps. Uh, but really like this past season from him. Um, and really interested to see where he goes from here in terms of his development. Does he make that next step again after the season is the question? Because like we said, uh, for Bednard, like you said, just now getting a taste right now of the AHL here these last two games, can he become a big-time player in the AHL next season? I think you look at next steps, maybe that's it for him. For Santu, uh, maybe he comes over, plays professionally in North America next season, or maybe he tries to, you know, once again, carve out an even bigger role in Liga, which is a great league uh, next season. So uh, a lot still to unfold there with all these guys, but Ryan Bednard, Santu Kanun, and two guys you and I both just like, you know, the career path right now. Yeah, they're both on good paths, and uh, and you mentioned a defenseman there, and sometimes the learning curve. We said the same thing with goaltenders as well. The learning curve can be a little bit steeper. It can take them a while, but at the same time, he's over there getting great experience playing against professionals over in Europe. So uh, a great path that he's on. And so much just has to fall into place for guys throughout their you know career path. And one thing I'll say is we talk about Bednar being you know 6'5". It takes time to learn how to be a 6'5 goaltender uh, you know, as you climb each rung Even of the ladder. Even it feels like that's the norm nowadays yeah. how big some of these guys are. And But looking at Santu, I mean, I remember when the Panthers drafted him, he was 6'2", like 150. 
fifth low 150s and now I think he last I checked 62161 so he still has to get bigger that's still a challenge he faces each and every season is trying to put on that size uh, to get ready to compete at the highest level so it's not just the skill it's just physicality it's putting work in the gym it's building up size uh, it's getting the right coaching it's getting the right opportunities so much has to happen for these guys to get to where they want to be especially if they are a late round picks so the path the journey is a bit longer usually uh, but like you said we like where these guys are at right now yeah they're both in uh, in good spots and uh, and I hope everybody enjoyed this maiden voyage this debut edition this first installment this series premiere pilot episode of the panthers pipeline right here on the panthers podcast network and like we said doug and i picked those guys just randomly for this first out of the blue out of the blue um but you guys can have an influence on who we talk about next next episode so like i said at doug plagans at jameson coop let us know what prospects you want us to talk about we're gonna have time to talk about them all over the over over the years of this podcast only episode one uh but if you want us to get to a certain guy in a hurry let us know but like i said we're gonna close out each episode kind of just giving general up Updates on Panthers affiliates. Uh, a lot of Panthers fans I know just don't have that news readily available. If they do, they got to dig and find it. So here's a place for you to get it just directly from us. Everything we're talking about right now is accurate as of the afternoon, should I say, of Friday, May 7th. So uh, a lot of these teams typically play over the weekend. So if you're listening to this, you know, Monday, a couple days from our air date, stats and standings will be a little different, but accurate as of May 7th right now. Uh, so first looking at the Syracuse Crunch, the Panthers shared AHL affiliate this season. The Panthers uh, were going to be in their first season of affiliation uh, with the Charlotte Checkers, but they opted out, you know, with, with COVID and everything going on. So the Panthers teamed up with, you know, Oddly enough, you know, the rival Lightning, but it, it, that just, uh, that's just a cool thing, I think, because a lot of these guys that are, you know, working together in the AHL will soon be facing against each other in the NHL for years to come. And especially with the Panthers and Lightning right now appear to be on a collision course to meet in the playoffs, uh, that just adds a little bit more fun element to this. But uh, the Crunch right now, looking at their record, 17-9-2, third best record in the AHL's North Division, eighth overall in the league. They have four games left in their season, uh, three against Utica, and then they wrap up things on May 15th against Rochester. Uh, like we were talking about with Gildon, every division in the AHL has their own postseason type format. And uh, for the Crunch uh, in the North Division, there's going to be no tournament, no playoffs. Uh, but the division winner will just be crowned by whoever has the best record in the division at the end of the season. Uh, looking at what they have to do to get there, the Crunch six points behind Hershey right now with a game in hand. So there's a chance but they probably got to win out here these last four games and hope for a little bit of help as well. But there's a chance it could happen. We'll see. But looking at the bigger numbers, 15 current Panthers prospects played at least one game with a crunch this season. So the Panthers definitely getting some use out of that shared affiliation. Looking at the individual numbers, uh, Boris Kachuk leads Syracuse in scoring. Uh, He was a second-round pick of the Lightning back in 2016, 33 points in 27 games for him. But now focusing just on the Panthers, because the weird thing is the Panthers really haven't had one guy that's played a ton of games there. A lot of guys tend to get little bits and pieces here and there and then come back to Florida, spend some time with the taxi squad, go back there. There's been a lot of back and forth uh, with everything going on this season. But actually, Grigory Denisenko, who's here right now, is actually the highest-scoring Panther on the crunch, nine points in 15 games for him. Uh, He's had a nice showing there, and we've actually seen since he's come up here, how much that time in Syracuse clearly helped his game. So uh, really nice to have that affiliation. Clearly, it's helping the Panthers. Uh, a couple guys that have played there recently, Henry Bowlby, Chase Prisky, two Panthers prospects. They were in the lineup the last game for the Crunch. So like I said, a couple guys here and there keep popping in the lineup for the Crunch. But it'll be nice next season when we do have you know, the Charlotte Checkers affiliation to have our own AHL affiliate again. And something else to throw out there. A lot of folks may look sometimes at AHL statistics and expect that you know, guys are just going to be lighting it up and have, you know, be, be tallying two points a game and things like that. And 
I saw it a lot. You see it a lot in the American Hockey League. You'll have a guy come in out of junior, and you know, in junior, the guy might have been a hundred point guy. And producing a point a game plus in the American Hockey League is not easy. It is a it is a difficult league to put up big points in. And in the case of a lot of guys, you're coming in, you know, 20, 21, 22 years old. And they're playing against guys that have played a long time in the National Hockey League, guys that have been playing professionally for a, a decade in some instances. So to be able to come in and produce any kind of points right out of the gate and be able to log sig- significant minutes and be able to take on a lot of responsibility with your team, that shows that uh, that you're, you're a good hockey player. Again, I guess what I'm getting to here is nobody, I should say, shouldn't say nobody, but very rarely do players walk right in and, and light, light up, up yeah. the American Hockey League. Uh, so we like what we've seen from all the guys there in the AHL. And like I said, looking forward to, to, to teaming up with Charlotte next season um, and having that affiliation officially kick off uh, on the ice. Uh, but moving to the ECHL, where the Panthers are in the first year of a multi-year agreement with the Greenville Swamp Rabbits. And Doug, I can't remember the last time the Panthers had their own ECHL affiliate. Was it, was it the Cincy Cyclones? It's been a long time. The... It might have been the Cincinnati Because they've been sharing I don't know for a while. They, was, was that a shared affiliation? I'm trying I to believe remember. it was. But it was still, they had a lot of guys there. I when remember. my Idaho Steelheads lost to the Cincinnati Cyclones in the 2010 Kelly Cup Final, it was a split Nashville-Montreal affiliation in Cincinnati. So I'm not sure what the affiliation chain looked like after that. <laughs> But regardless, I'm excited for this affiliation. I love the Swamp Rabbits. I love their vibe. I love their jerseys. I love the name. I'm really excited for this. But looking at how they've done this season, they've had a great season. Uh, and, and the funniest thing is, i got to mention, uh, the ECHL has been playing since like early December. they got a head start on everyone uh, this season. So they've been playing for a long time now. And I've been checking out whenever I can, watching games, watching clips, things like that. But they're sitting at 27, 16, 11, and 3. Uh, that's uh, second in the Eastern Conference, fifth overall in the ECHL, 6-2-2 two in their last 10 games, uh, 15 games left to play. So they're looking good because how the playoffs are set up uh, in the ECHL, top four teams from each conference this season will make the playoffs. Like I said, they're second in the Eastern Conference, you know, on fire right now. They're probably locked in. They're probably going to make it. So I look forward to seeing that playoff run uh, with the Swamp Rabbits. Looking at individual numbers like we did with uh, the AHL affiliate, um, defenseman Sam Jardine leads Greenville in scoring with 39 points. Not a Panthers prospect, but he leads the team in scoring. Looking at Panthers prospect, Patrick Bykov, who we always get, you know, enjoy Bykov-Barkov comparisons. Uh, third on the team in scoring with 31 points, also tied for first on the team in goals with 14. He's only 22. Uh, he finished third on the Swamp Rabbits last season in scoring with 44 points. Oddly enough, was with the Swamp Rabbits last season just on, on a loan there, but wasn't, you know, at the time they weren't our affiliate. So it worked out for him that he had a little bit of a comfort level playing with the same team again here uh, back-to-back seasons. But he's in the third year of a three-year ELC. You remember, you know, the Panthers signed him as a free agent after a really solid junior career uh, with the Everett Silver tips there. Uh, so, you know, he's had a nice season. He keeps progressing in the ECHL. It'll be interesting to see what happens with him. But a couple other uh, Panthers prospects that have Played a good amount of time uh, with the Swamp Rabbits this season. Ben Finkelstein, he's had a great season with them, just been held back by injuries. But when he has been in there, 19 points in 21 games. That's a former seventh-round pick of the Panthers in 2016. Former teammate of Logan Hutsko and Spencer Knights over at Boston College. Uh, But 19 points in 21 games for a defenseman in their first pro season. Uh, Very good. I remember the beginning of the season, I think he had like three overtime winners in the first five or six games. The highlights were all over the place. Uh, So held back by injuries. uh, But when he has been there, he's been great. And then 
of course, Karch Bachman, a uh, name our Panthers fans have known for quite a bit now. Fifth-round pick in 2015, uh, 14 points in 32 games, 10 of those 14 points being goals. Uh, really fast skater. Uh, he's got a couple highlights out there on Twitter as well. Uh, can really, really hustle. Uh, so another nice little season for him there as well in the ECHL right now. But like I said, really like what's been going on in the ECHL. Really excited for this affiliation with the Swamp Rabbits. Uh, like how the Panthers prospects that are there have been performing. Uh, and overall, Doug, uh, I just it seems like the Panthers are in a really good spot in terms of just AHL, ECHL affiliations now for years to come. Yeah, the uh, the the cupboard is uh, is being stocked, no doubt about it. The Panthers have some good organizational depth across the board, and certainly uh, will be fun to be able to watch these teams down the stretch. So really looking forward to that. But we uh, we thank everybody for being on board with us. This first episode of Panthers Pipeline here, as Jameson mentioned, uh, you can. Reach out to us if you have any ideas, any inquiries, any questions, anything you want to bring to the table at Doug Plagans at Jamison Coop on Twitter. You can always find us there and you can expect more from us here with the Panthers pipeline down the road. We'll be catching up with a lot of the Panthers prospects that you want to hear from. So we'll have uh, lots more to come here on the Panthers pipeline. We thank you for being a part of the debut edition. Big thanks to Max Gildon. Panthers prospect defenseman right now with the Bakersfield Condors. We thank him very much for stopping by to chat with us. Tell us a little bit about his hockey background, how his season's gone. So again, big thanks to Max Gildon for stopping by on this episode of the Panthers Pipeline. Folks, for Jamison Olive, I'm Doug Plagans. Thanks again for listening. This has been the Panthers Pipeline. (laughs) 